Well, we got breaking news right now, like literally 22 minutes ago. The Big Ten. Oh, that means I don't know it. The players of the Big Ten released their hashtag Big Ten United article on the Players Tribune. Uh, this comes on the heels of the Pac-12 doing the same thing, and unlike the Pac-12, this seems to be entirely COVID policy related. I have not read the full thing. I will. <laughs> But I will find their demands and read them to everybody. Okay, the Big Ten oh, proposal. We're just having a dramatic reading. <laughs> yes. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union. <laughs> I still only know the whole preamble because of the Schoolhouse Rock song, and I would be much more interested in the players' demands for the Big Ten if they had written it into a Schoolhouse Rock song. I still think it's important. I still think it matters. I just want a singing bill. You have forced my hand, Nick. I'm preamp. <laughs> Anything I can do to make this show stupider. The Big Ten Unity Proposal Protecting the Well-Being of All Athletes Oversight and Transparency Third Party to Administer COVID Testing to Enforce All COVID Health and Safety Standards Sufficient penalties for non-compliance, a mandate for athletics personnel to report suspended violations, prevention and safety protocols. <laughs> Ensure all athletes have up-to-date information about the risks that COVID-19 may pose to their personal health, the health of their families, and the health of their communities. Hey, that kind of rhymes. <laughs> oh, there are too many of these. Yeah, yeah, we should stop. So what I'm hearing is, I mean, to, to kind of break that down, it sounds like... Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, we did that. That happened, and that's, that's probably that's staying in because it, it was time. stupid and contained important information. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Um. I mean, it sounds pretty standard, pretty basic language saying, hey, we want to be made aware of the risks. We want to be protected as much as possible. Yes. Testing so, twice per week with an FDA-approved test with less than 1% false negatives. Testing on the within 24 hours of competition with an FDA-approved test with less than 5% false negatives with results delivered at least two hours before competition. Immediate quarantine of any person who tests positive or exhibits symptoms. Quarantine rules for college athletes who test positive and protocols for the return to practice and competition. And objective criteria for shutting down seasons should the pandemic take a turn for the worse or if teams experience significant outbreaks. And uh, others, play, player assurances, banning the use of COVID-19 liability waivers. That's a big one. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. There, I mean, that one... Schools are not going to want to do that. Straight no. Up. Ohio State's, like, was invented the liability waiver game. So, like, big picture, this Big Ten letter, it's very reasonable. Like, I didn't see anything worth objecting to, like, at all, which was something people had problems with with the Pac-12 letter was there were a couple points in there that, you know, if you knew the inner workings of college sports were just not entirely realistic. 
and that made people discredit the whole letter full of like genuine concerns. I think this just gets straight to the right. point. And like, there's this, in the opening paragraph, I really liked this part. It said the NCAA, which is known for its zeal for regulations and enforcement, has had ample time to prepare for the safe return and yet has done nothing. So. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen this fall, for sure. I my guess is there is one certainty. The NTA is going to look terrible. Even if they do everything right, they're going to look terrible. Mm-hmm. Because they have not put themselves in a position where it is possible for them to win. No. Yeah, you got to remember, NCAA, it's just, it's a lot more than Division One FBS football. And when you have all but one Division Three conference not playing this fall, and I'm sure that one will announce their canceling or postponing fall sports soon. That's a problem. This goes beyond just Power Five. How clearly does it show that this is about money, that the Division Three schools are out? The kids who are playing really for the love of the game are not playing at all. It's, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gonna try not to be too heavy-handed and moralistic here, but at the very least, that's frustrating. Yes, like you know, you gotta wonder if some of them are saying, "If it's not safe for them, how can it be safe for us?" And of course, there is, I guess, a resource gap. And as as I've talked to, um, like some Nebraska smaller schools for interviews for my spring football story on unlimited sports, uh, you know. They don't have the capacity to test as many players, and their opponents don't have the capacity for the tests that the big-time schools do. So with the budgets and the whole want-to of the big boys, the Power Five, I think, you know, grabbing enough tests could be done, potentially, if there was, you know, any sort of uniform, this is what you need to have, this is what you need to do, you know, because the only way you can even play football safely and safely is relative when you're talking about, you know, the game of football. So only you can play football without risk of COVID is if you can be absolutely certain that nobody on the field has it. And the power five is the only spot in the NCAA where you can come even remotely close. Can, yeah. Can you though? Because the major league baseball hasn't been doing that. No. Two? Two FDA-approved tests a week is a lot. Even for a major institution to multiply that across an entire football team and its staff and its support staff. I mean, you'd almost have to say, we're only going to have football player-specific classes. We're only going to have football player-specific professors in that case. I mean, as much as we joke about them going to a different university, also, even on the level of testing, there's a student equity problem. Because if Adrian Martinez is getting tested every hour on the hour, and I'm waiting in line and not able to get a test for two days, that's, that, frankly, that's unacceptable. For an academic institution to say we value this student more than this student, a publicly funded one at that, absolutely unacceptable. 
and and yet it's the decision that they're going to make because mm-hmm. it's the decision that's been I, see now I'm getting into that moralizing I didn't want to do but it's the decision that they make time and time again it's the decision that they make to say we're going to bend academic requirements all the time and it's going to become commonplace it's the decision that they make to say we are absolutely going to have you know boosters giving them a ton of money under the table I'm not saying that specifically I have any proof that Nebraska does that, but we know that's pretty common practice in the NCAA today, right? We, there's been enough reporting done to know that, like, that's just how the sausage gets made. And furthermore, you want to talk about a time in which the NCAA and, and, and colleges themselves have said our athletes are more important to us than our other students? How about every single Title IX case that's ever been brought against an athlete that has gone nowhere, that is stalled out. So, yeah, I mean, frankly, I'm going to be really frustrated with our football program that, that everyone who's ever listened to the show before knows I love dearly. I'm going to be pissed if, if our university is allowed to become an institution that is simply there to service a football team. That's not what I came to college for. I know people who came to UNL because of the football team. That's awesome. I should hope that uh, – I know, Justin, you've joked about that before, but I do know people who legitimately say, like, were it not for Husker football, I would not have come to this university. And, and I would hope that your two years in an academic institution or whoever's time in an academic institution has taught them there might be more to life, especially in the middle of a pandemic than just college football. And and frankly, I should hope that our administration sees that as well. All right. Put my soapbox away. But I don't know. If if there was some way where they could make it so that, you know, the Power Five conference – conferences become this new like minor league for the NFL and like officially but they just have the same names and traditions that just happen to coincide with universities I think that would be the best for everybody but they still pretend that they're a part of an academic institution and that's I guess so the university can get the money that comes with it but you really all know what it is you know (laughs) the university pays students all the time I'm on the university's payroll, or I'm not anymore, but I used to be. You're currently on the university's payroll. It is not that hard to pay students. It is only a problem to pay student athletes because the university says, A, we don't want to do it, and the NCAA covers their butt by saying this needs to be amateur play. Remove the NCAA's problem. And all you have is universities saying, we don't want to do this. And what you're going to find, honestly, and this is a good segue because I wanted to talk about the XFL, and I know we should like continue with college football before we get there. I have a, I have have a segue play on Nick for my next college football talk. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, well, then I'll just – a little aside about the XFL. Okay. I really do think that if it does survive, um, which is super exciting, but if it does survive – it could become a place where if you're a college student who doesn't want to put up 
with the, or not even a college student, if you're a high school graduate who doesn't want to put up with the NCAA, take your talents to the DC Defenders, baby. Like, I think that that's going to become more and more an alternative path to the NFL, which is going to make the NCAA sit back and say, wait, if we want to keep recruiting all of the top talent, you know, if we want to keep all the eyeballs on our game, we absolutely must, like, yeah, start paying players. It's somehow, some way, it's going to get to the point where there's no option anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing this slowly, slowly starting to happen in real time with the NBA G League, and mm-hmm. and high school basketball players going overseas instead of the college route. Of the five projected top picks in the NBA draft this year, there's a very real chance that four of them did not play college basketball. The number one, the likely number one pick is either going to be LaMelo Ball, who comes from the infamous Ball family um, and chose to play in Lithuania and Australia instead of the traditional U.S. high school and college routes, or James Wiseman, a guy who played two games for Memphis, and then they found out there's some shady money involved in his recruiting of course, because what top recruit goes to Memphis. And he just said, you know what? I, I'm just going to play anymore. You, you know I'm good. You've seen my high school highlights. And he still likely could get drafted number one. So, and there's you mean another. he's likely to get drafted number one? He could be if, if, the, team, if the right team gets the number one pick. I'd say if, oh my like, God. I'd say if like the Knicks or like – the Knicks or the Hawks get to go number one, they're probably going to go LaMelo Ball because he's like the best pure prospect. But if the Warriors get number one, they're definitely going Wiseman because they have a need at center. So. I see. Man, I hope the Knicks finally get the number one pick. I hope they don't. It's like nothing personal against that franchise. You are fun to laugh at. I like one New York team, Justin. What? Unbelievable. So, back to my excellently planned transition that I had earlier. There is one. Yeah, sorry. They request adherence to WHO and CDC guidance for sporting events and compliance with all federal, state, and local statutes and regulations. Well, if all of those were followed as stated in the statement, um, you would have to be quarantined as soon as you visit New Jersey, where Rutgers is. And speaking Rutgers of visiting, only away games. And speaking of going to Rutgers, that is our new week one game because the Big Ten schedule was released today. Wait, seriously? Yep. Oh, read our schedule to me. <laughs> Note my unexcitement. Given that Rutgers just had to quarantine the entire team after 25 positive tests, and that that game is exactly one month away. Um <laughs> awesome. I'm not exactly, you know, swearing by that game getting played. (laughs) Any of these, for that matter, are subject to change in my mind, but especially Rutgers. After Rutgers, week two, home game, Illinois. (laughs) Very real chance if these games get played, we go 2-0 to start the season. (laughs) Week three, home against Wisconsin. Hey, 2-1. And that's the second home game in a row against Wisconsin, which I find very strange. 
That is weird. Next, it's at Iowa. We got Iowa game week four, September 26th, which is going to be week one for pretty much every other Power 5 conference besides us in the Big 12. If we win one of those two games, Wisconsin or Iowa, season's a success. <laughs> because right about then is when the season's going to be ending. Right as it starts. So, right. <laughs> then we got home Minnesota at home at Ohio State next, week six. So no longer on Halloween. So, God. So that's a, quite the four-game stretch right there. And then, Two and four, baby. And then we have our first scheduled bye week before we go at the juggernaut of Northwestern. That's the game that apparently we need extra time to prepare for. <laughs> and then home Penn State on Halloween. That's our home game. That might be just as scary. <laughs> before another bye week, before the juggernaut of Purdue, at Purdue, and, and our week 12, our big finish in the season, home against Michigan State. I mean, what you just described to me sounds like if we can like manage one win out of the tougher games and win all of our should-win games, we can go 500. Yes. We can be bowl eligible in a year where there won't be bowls. <laughs> Pretty much. Neat. So, college football schedule to kick off this month. And I've, I can't believe how little hype I have for it, you know? Like, I will absolutely watch the crap out of it if it's on my TV. But, like, we just got our schedule released, and I don't feel anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. This is going to be a mess. I hesitate to even, like, joke around about it because there, this whole thing was preventable. I'm just going to say that from the start. This situation that our country is in, absolutely preventable. If you don't believe me, read up. But beyond that, I hesitate to joke around because people's livelihoods do seriously depend on this. And more so than just the players, like the economy of Lincoln. The shame of it is that if, if we don't play ball, Bill Moose won't lose his job. Scott Frost won't lose his job. Nobody on the university payroll will probably lose their job in football. Now, I say that knowing full well if we don't have a football season, professors in other departments are going to get mysteriously cut. But while we continue to pay, like, full salary for a season that didn't even happen for a man who has yet to turn out a winning season here. Right. And I wonder if that's not going to hurt Goodwill. Like, I'm just going to be frank. I don't know. And we also just don't know what the future looks like uh, in college football at all. If we have to start paying players, that means we need to start paying coaches less. It means we have to start paying athletic directors less. Conference commissioners less. Right. I mean, we've talked in the past about how we both love college football. Mm -hmm. But it can be really hard to get excited for because 
the politics are so on the surface level. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible. It's almost not an escape anymore. You know, it is confronting the real world. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't think any of these are like quote unquote necessary evils for the sport to survive. The sport would be so much better if these were gone. Because like you claim um paying athletes would destroy competitive balance. Every single college football playoff has had three of these four teams. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. There is no competitive balance in college football. It's just three of those guys and one random team that happens to get lucky. And that random team happens to get lucky doesn't do crap 75% of the time. So right. More than that, honestly. Yes. Like, yeah, honestly, more than that. It's just been small sample size with the playoff only being around so few years. Right. I think so, 75 is a good number, but I'm just saying in reality, mm-hmm. not that. It's so messed up in so many ways. Only a certain amount of teams are allowed to benefit from that, whereas if nobody could benefit from it, or like everybody could, you know, then that would be different. But because the power system is just so messed up right now, where this can happen. And you're like, you're starting to sound optimistic that this will threaten the status quo. Whereas I think heaven and earth will be moved to maintain the status quo. Like I'm not super optimistic that college football is going to get better immediately after this. I think this is the kind of thing we point back five years, 10 years down the line and say, Hey, here's why we need reform. Mm -hmm. With, With the lost season. If, if there even is, if there's no completed season or if there's even no start, like I don't think anybody knows how the college football world would react to that. It's nothing like that's ever happened before. We've seen like the worst thing that happened is that games have been canceled because of a hurricane. Like that's the biggest threat to football actually getting played on the field. Didn't they play on 11? I think they suspended games like one week and then they were back on the field. Right. Because what day of the week did the 9-11 happen on? I don't know. I'll Google it. It happened on a Friday. Okay, so yeah, the games the next day obviously did not right. be played. But they were right. back at it again the 19th. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's how math works. So if all the games get wiped out, I'm not saying that things would instantly change for the better then. I'm just saying we have no idea how anybody would react to this. We really don't know. It's scary. Because it's going to hurt local media, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess high school football will... <laughs> Do you think high school football is going to happen? It depends on the state. It depends on the division. Six-man, those... Cl- those class D teams where the whole town is like a thousand people. That's probably Let's start covering eight-man football. <laughs> eight-man football. That sport of the fall right there. Road trip to Mullen. <laughs> Let's go fighting Mullins. I don't know what their mascot is. The Mullen Mullets. The fighting Mullets. Uh, I, you know what? There are a lot of Mullets in Mullet. Mm-hmm. Per capita. Per capita. Big Mullet town. 
Well, I mean, to say that there's a lot of anything in Mullen is a lie because there's just not a lot of anything. Have you been? No. It's out in the sand hills. But if you go on the right night, they've got ribeyes. They'll be like, yeah, that's going to be expensive. And you'll be like, oh, really? And they'll be like, yeah, $5. You'll be like, oh, man, I'm a big spender. Sounds good. (laughs) And they give you this ribeye that's like the size of your face. And I I had the audacity to ask where they sourced their beef. Pointed at the guy at the bar. His name was Jerry, wasn't it? No, I don't know his name. That seems like a Jerry thing to do. He kind of does. Well, we have less than one minute remaining on this Zoom call. So before the recording ends and we have to start a new one, do you want to get any thoughts in? Which will last longer, this Zoom call or the college football season? Find out after a word from our non-existent sponsors. (laughs) Have you ever wanted to taste bubbles and nothing else? Try Velvy. Velvy? Oh, Bell. Yeah, it's like the knockoff, knockoff, knockoff LaCroix. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. It, if you ask me, it's going to go LaCroix up here and then like Clarbrun mm-hmm. and then everything else. No, the high V bubble water. That's the best. Oh, I didn't know that even counted. I thought that was a whole different league, man. The high V bottled sparkling water slap. Yes. And now uh, my sponsor shout out. Have you ever, uh, as a kid, had the idea that, you know, cereal in a bowl doesn't have to just be one cereal. So then you take your Fruit Loops, take your Frosted Flakes, and you dump them both in, and you eat it, and you're like, this is weird. Why did I do that? And then you never do it again until you see it in the store and you buy it. Mashups by Kellogg's, Frosted Flakes and Fruit Loops in the same box at last. <laughs> no, not at last. No one has been waiting for this. Let me tell you, I have I ate the whole box, and it is decidedly better than I expected. <laughs> is it better than simply having Frosted Flakes or having Fruit Loops would be? Um, maybe, because if you just get a box of Fruit Loops, you're undoubtedly getting more Fruit Loops, and Frosted Flakes, you get more Frosted Flakes. This is a handful of both of them. You're getting both the tastes, you know? It's less of each, and the taste of them combined together, it's nothing special, but you're getting them both. <laughs> okay. Um, this episode also brought to you by an empty jar of pickles. Um, that only contains pickle juice. Uh, it, it it holds up your phone, so you don't have to. This episode has been brought to you by the AP Style Book. You can learn how to write about uh, Santa Claus. You capitalize both Santa and Claus. There are some entries in there that are low-key funny, man. <laughs> Probably just when I'm tired and bored at work, but... <laughs> But I'll be like, yo, you have to call it V-Setters for Disease Control in Atlanta on first reference? Why do we care that much about the fact that it's in Atlanta? Dirty South, keep winning.
you, you just you're full of insults for me today, and I can't. I like the fact that I can that music background to this podcast, and no one is the wiser as to what I'm listening to. <laughs> hey Siri, play Sweet Caroline on repeat. More like Sweep Caroline. Speaking of which, baseball transition. So I hate you. I hate you so much. Why must you ruin everything I love? You hate the Knicks. You hate the Saints. You hate the Red Sox. I don't hate the Knicks. They're just fun to laugh at. (laughs) Which might even be more insulting. If they were good, they wouldn't be as fun to me. Other than the Nebraska Huskers that we both have an affinity for. Uh, we both have animosity towards a lot of shared teams. Um, this is true. This is how we bond, both in sports and with people. We have shared animosity towards a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I don't think we're co-fans of anything else. Besides, like, U.S., when we the country in, like... Oh, I don't even think I'm cheering for them anymore. The women's team, we're we both... Oh, the women's team, okay. We're both fans of them. And I guess... I'm both a Megan Rapino fan. We both root for the U.S. in the Ryder Cup, I, I hope. Well, yeah, because, I mean, as much as these guys annoy me, the other guys annoy me more. <laughs> Although sometimes I cheer for the internationals in the President's Cup. The President's Depends Cup on- is the wannabe Ryder Cup. I don't pretend to acknowledge it. Seriously? No, I, Honestly, I just can't get into it. Um, I think we both like some, like, I'm kind of a Jordan Spieth fan. I feel like you at least used to be. I, I, I hope he wins this weekend at Sam, wherever they're playing, the PGA at, so he gets the career grand slam. Wait, is the PGA this weekend? Yep, starts tomorrow. Nice. That's the great thing about COVID is, like, normally you'd have this stuff down on your calendar and now it just jumps out at you like, whatever. Whatever, yep. We be playing the PGA before the damn Masters. (laughs) Are we playing them in reverse order this year? Uh, PGA, I think so. It goes PGA, U.S., Masters in November. So, Masters in November. The U.S., I assume, is sometime in between the now and then. It's going to be crazy to play a Masters in November and then, I presume, a Masters in April. Mm-hmm. Because they'll want to get back on track as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. And golf, you can definitely do that. And, like... Yeah, you might not be able to have patrons, as they call them in Augusta, even by April. But is that a bad thing? Like, I know it won't be the same without fans, but... I'm with you. It will absolutely be the same and possibly better without fans. Like, I, I'm liking golf without fans. You can see the whole course. Right. Nobody's yelling. But that's what I like about golf fans. That's the one thing they're good for is yelling dumb things after drives. Well, the Red Sox sucked, and the Yankees are the best team in the league this year. So, <laughs> but at least we're playing, which is more that can be said about the St. Louis Cardinals right now after, you know, 14 positive tests in their organization. The Marlins managed to cobble together some minor league guys 
And after quarantining for a week, they're pretty sure they have a safe enough roster to play. And they somehow won. Not only won, they shut the team they were playing out. Who are they playing? Um, I want to say, like, the Orioles, which is the Checks out. <laughs> only week the Orioles this year. <laughs> so, baseball showed they could survive one team just not doing anything. Like, I think baseball is uniquely suited to keep going in the middle of cases. Because it's a fairly socially distant game already. The most. We have the farthest team sports to go. Right. And additionally, like, to be frank, people are more replaceable in baseball than they are in different sports. Mm -hmm. You could just not field another college football team and be like, yeah, that's the uh, the, – look at them go. There's the Nebraska Huskers. Like, that's just not how it works. Mm -mm. So I think baseball, as you mentioned, yes, it – it is the team sport absolutely suited best to survive positive tests. But the thing is, they spent so much time dilly-dallying around whether or not they're going to even hold the season that they're running out of a lot of time to, time to make up lost games. Because you have the Philadelphia Phillies, who currently, as scheduled, are, they are scheduled to play 58 games in 57 days. Because they were, they were the team the Marlins were scheduled to face, or I believe faced when they did the when they had their outbreak. So they had to, like, stop playing for five days. And then they got back into it, which led to the really weird game where the Yankees at 7-1 and one were playing a team that was 2-1 and one because that's what baseball's like in 2020. And so they can get to their full amount of games, 58 and 57 days is what they have to do because, you know, it's August and we're just starting a baseball season. So, if you don't get to 60, mm-hmm. is there a contingency? Um, I think baseball wants everybody to get to 60. They'll do that as much as they can. But if they can't, I think it's going to be winning percentage, and it'll still do a playoffs. Like, I can't picture Manfred pulling the plug unless it happens, an outbreak happens to multiple teams in the same division. Within multiple divisions. Right. You would almost need a major outbreak in all three divisions. Mm-hmm. Maybe just two. I'm thinking just two. Because you can't have somebody get that much a leg up. Like, just losing the Marlins, that's fine. They're the Marlins. Nobody even noticed they were gone. The Cardinals, people might start to, you know, <laughs> care. I could like a two-week quarantine and pause. Where it's like, okay, we're going to cut the game to – just cut the season to 40 games, and we're just going to wait. Mm-hmm. For two weeks, everybody go home, get healthy, come back. We'll play ball. Um, at a certain point, a good percentage of the league is going to have antibodies. Like, just to be straight up with you. Yeah, but I don't think that's, a, that's not the strategy they want to use because – no. As I'm sure you're aware of, Eduardo Rodriguez, apologize if I'm getting his name wrong, is out for the season after getting like COVID with symptoms, you know? Right. And he's Serious. a serious pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. But I think that's going to be the kind of thing where once we get to the playoffs, they're going to go, okay, listen, both of these teams 
most of the players already have antibodies. We're not going to pause for positive cases anymore because, you know, Cespedes. Oh, that was wild and uniquely Mets-ish. Like, <laughs> very Metsy. Very, very Metsy. <laughs> and I appreciated Twitter's response to that because the general response was, this could be really bad. Everybody wait until we know more. Just hold your horses. And then, as soon as we knew it was like, like what the situation was, then we all made fun of it. <laughs> but like, uh, until we knew what was going on, I think everybody did a pretty good job of just holding out and, and being respectful. And so, as much as I feel like I'm surprised I'll ever say this, I was proud of Twitter in that moment. I, I for one, am shocked that Twitter was that behaved. <laughs> Right. But I think people were legitimately concerned. And I think this year has sobered people. And I think Kobe's death sobered people in a way where we, we've started, frankly, to see athletes more as people instead of objects. And I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, that's good. Yes, obviously. You know, we're still going to make fun of you if you decide to opt out of the season but go missing for like five hours because you told nobody your plan. <laughs> right. Like not even his agent. He had to tell his agent who then immediately called the team. <laughs> yeah. And like more power to him. Honestly, I totally understand getting into a situation and saying, I'm not being protected here and getting out of it. In fact, would totally not be surprised if that is my relationship with the University of Nebraska Lincoln. So if I go missing for five hours and and then and then through my agent announce that I'm taking a gap semester in two weeks, uh, be ready for that, kids. He's <laughs> decided yeah. to opt out of the semester. Uh. Yeah, you're my agent, by the way. So congratulations. That's going to be on you to uh, inform the the public. <laughs> When I inevitably say, screw this, all of these people just went to a frosh. I'm about to die if I breathe this air for another second. <laughs> and then I'll go missing and I'll have to find an agent to tell my. my. Oh, shit. Because I can always Who's opt that? out of being an agent. What's that? Because I could opt out of being an agent at any time. If we're just opting out of things now. <laughs> I think we all need to collectively choose an agent as the human race. And I nominate Joe Pesci. Because <laughs> who doesn't like Joe Pesci? It's Joe Pesci! <laughs> he's, 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 he's too tough for this damn virus. It's Joe Pesci! Coronavirus is going to like crawl into, into Joe Pesci's facial cavities. And he's going to be like, what, what, what do you want? What do you want from me? What, what, what I make you laugh? I am used. Is, is this funny to you? You find me funny, COVID? Huh? <laughs> God. What a guy. And myth legend. He just takes some masks outside and just shoots it. What a mobster movie that takes place during COVID. I want a mobster movie about college football. <laughs> I want, like... <laughs> I want it to be, like, a dumb comedy in which, uh, like, a failing college pitches the mafia. And some step the line, what do you mean? 
the biggest pre-existing market in organized crime is the National Collegiate Athletics Association. <laughs> Just because I think that's the truest thing ever. <laughs> I'd, I'd say they're like third behind FIFA and the IOC. <laughs> oh. Oh, I totally think it goes FIFA, NTA, IOC. Uh, oh no! I think the IOC is actually capable of calling something off. Okay, right. Like FIFA is just the, like like more corrupt than even most corrupt governments. <laughs> the NCAA can't even get their crap together enough to say, "Let's not play sports." during the middle of a pandemic in which, and I hate to put it in this stark of terms, but like, it is a miracle a major athlete has not died yet in any of the leagues that have reopened. It is just like, blows my mind. I get that they're athletes and I get that they're young and I get that that really helps percentages, but even then, like this virus causes people to throw strokes at a not infrequent level. And you're going to tell me that that's like 0.03%. And I'm going to tell you that's three in every thousand cases. So like to the people who refuse to take this seriously because it's young athletes. Sure. Sure. I buy that to an extent. I buy that. We're not like, you know, having, having the nursing home Memorial flag football game, but at the same time, this is still, we're still playing for keeps here. <sighs> Everything's depressing. But the thing with the NCAA and canceling um, uniformly, uh, with college football, I'm not so sure they could cancel it, even if they said all full sports are canceled. I think the conferences no. would find a way to play their own season. Like, you're totally right. But I think if you're ahead of this organization, you have to be like, I do not want to be morally complicit in this. We're going to take the NCAA name off this. You do what you please. Mm-hmm. That, I think that would be a better thing image-wise, but I think the NCAA just, as we've seen, has, has an image that's pretty far beyond damage control. I think they kind that's of know that. So. And... As much as I think they would like not to be, probably in both directions, the NCAA and the conferences, especially the Power Five, are so, like, tied. Mm -hmm. In fact, sometimes it's confusing why they don't have, like, a singular structure. I don't know. I don't know. It's quite hard, I imagine, to, you know, the NCAA, it's not just FBS. It's everybody. So Right. It's quite hard to have one person control what happens to everything like that. This is true. And it's not just football. It's everything, you know? Right. No, you're right, man. So as much as the NCAA could say things are canceled, there's only so much they could officially cancel. You're right. You're absolutely right. I think, though, that if the NCAA came out and said things are canceled – that a lot of schools would be like, oh, crap, okay, do we really want to be in a world where we're playing without the sanctioning of our, like, official league? Mm -hmm. It would absolutely end the FCS season, and I'd imagine most non-Power 5 seasons. 
ranked. I think it would probably end the Pac-12 because, frankly, they need the NCAA to wrangle this situation that they got on their hands. You know? Mm-hmm. At a certain point, it's going to start to feel like we're too impossibly in this thing to get out of it. Like, we're so close to the season starting, we can't yeah. stop it. Here we are back where I'm at. Like, like, I think we'll start, but we won't finish. You know? Whereas I'm sitting here saying, wouldn't it be easier to not start at all? It would, but I think the time to make that decision has passed. And, like, the first, yeah. the first college football game is scheduled August 29th. It's August 5th. These players have it right in their minds that they're going to play. These conferences, these coaches, these universities are pretty dang sure they're going to play. They're going to start playing. And it's not like the NCAA basketball tournament where, you know, like I've mentioned before, Rudy Gobert canceled all of sports with one positive test. And quite frankly, outside of maybe a death, and like it's sad that the test would only be a maybe at this point. I don't see what would have to happen for sports to have that moment again. Because, because if, you know, you look at what's going on now, it's like, if we're still planning to play through this, what won't we play through, you know? I think either a major death of, frankly, a major player. Or coach, or- even. Or, yeah, that's something we haven't talked about, but, like, lots of coaches are in their 60s and 70s. hmm Especially at, I feel like, smaller schools. Save Doc Sadler. Um, Remember when we all thought Hoiberg had it? That was sad. Oh, that was wild. That evening was just insane. Because mm-hmm. the Tom Hanks thing was that day. Yes. Yeah. Tom Hanks, Gilbert, Hoiberg all happened same evening. That was the great one of like, if you asked me like what was the moment everything changed for me, it was right then. It was like, this is real. Well, that was for everybody, I think. Like, Right. So, basketball? Yeah, basketball now, uh, after the dark turn, this is, this is the most life you'll find in sports right now in the United States is the NBA bubble. Said that the bubble, it's likely going to suck. And I've seen that imp- opinion elsewhere, and me being the diehard NBA guy is going to defend bubble basketball no matter what I saw. Right. But I legitimately love the bubble. I love the sp- – the basketball is good in the bubble. I've been disappointed one bit. And, like, the games are normally always good since they didn't take any of the bad teams with them. It's like playing good teams every night. I love that. Games on all day. And, honestly, without fans, it's not even a bad atmosphere. Reminds me of, like, an early season college basketball tournament that they play at, like, Atlantis or whatever. And I am loving this. I, like, legitimately love bubble basketball. Nick, what are your thoughts? I haven't watched a game of bubble basketball yet. Oh. I work a full-time job. And 
when I have time off, I'm not inclined to watch that. I have instead watched Ozark, which is really good. I just, I can't get in, I just can't get back into it. I've been trying to read, I mean, I'll follow the Rockets. I watched, I think, like five minutes of a Rockets game on my phone at work. And was like, I like this setup. If I was in a mood in my life where I could get back into basketball, fine. But I think, again, like, the things I need to fuel myself with in my spare time are, like, getting the hell out of my head right now. Mm-hmm. And the whole sports thing pulls me back into it so quickly. Um, baseball, for whatever reason, has just always been background noise for me in the summer. And so I think having that back has been really nice. I've watched a little bit of golf. Uh, and I'm watching I, – I watched the hell out of the end of um, – F1? The Premier League. Oh. And I'm still watching F1. I felt like the race this weekend was pretty pedestrian, which is why we're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Um, Once his tire blew out and he still won. Yeah, that's getting old. I it's, know. I mean, I'm trying to ignore the fact... Like, I'm just trying to, like, watch Formula 1.5 and, like, care about the McLaren Racing Point Renault. Ferrari, frankly, now battle, um, which has been fun. But, like, just watching – one thing that I think is going to be really interesting is that Alex Albon has really sucked and also really had bad luck at the same time. And so it's hard to parse which is which. Mm-hmm. And also Pierre Gasly, the guy who he got, like, swapped with, looks pretty good <laughs> for a guy driving the car that he's driving. So, like, I would be surprised if this season Red Bull decides to switch them unless their position in second starts to look shaky. Mm -hmm. But I don't see anyone who's going to challenge that second position because McLaren is not consistent enough, frankly. Racing Point has had too many, like, times that their drivers have dropped the ball and too many technical issues. They're doing good until – like the last two laps. Right. And part of that is that like some of the drivers behind them are super good overtake artists who have been just like biding their time to the end of the end of the race. Like Norris and Ricardo, I feel pretty strongly are like aware that they could overtake the racing points earlier. Why spend more time in front of your opponent than you have to? Mm -hmm. If that's not your style of driving, don't do it. All right. We covered a lot of sports today. Yeah, like, and going back to what you said, like, I do get why there have been people who have not been able to get into this NBA bubble. Because right. while the games are amazing, in my opinion, even me, the big-time basketball fan, I acknowledge that this is not in any way the same season that was suspended earlier. This is a whole new thing. Right. Like... I know they're going to say it's the 2020 season. I believe it. The records are going to reflect that, but this is absolutely not the season that was suspended. And you know what's stupid? You know what's just totally stupid in my mind? If anybody but the Lakers win, they're going to have an asterisk for the rest of the time. Lakers, Clippers, Bucks are the only teams that will not be asterisked by NBA fans at large. Yep. I even think Clippers will be. I'd say it depends on who they win because 
because the Clippers um, recently in their last two games against the Lakers have shown they're not as good as the Lakers. They've lost both of them. Mm-hmm. But they've been without some key players. Like, I'm sure you've heard about Lou Williams, you know, six, their sixth man, who's like arguably best sixth man in the NBA, who left the bubble to go to his grandfather's funeral, which excused absence, of course. Funeral was in Atlanta. And um, after the funeral, uh, this- rapper, rapper Jack Harlow posted his Instagram story, him and Lou Williams partying at strip club Magic City. And then Lou Williams claimed he was, quote, only there for the hot wings and now has to quarantine himself for two weeks before he can join the team again. So here's the deal. Here's, here's my feeling on this. If you're going to go to a strip club, just own that you're going to a strip club. I don't care if they have really good hot wings. I'll believe that they have really good hot wings. It's Atlanta. Who knows? But I think my biggest thing is, like, just, like, you're going to have to quarantine either way. Just own it. Just live with it. <laughs> I don't know. How would you feel about all that? First of all, I think it was hilarious how every sports journalist who had Ever, who is from or had even been to the Atlanta area rushed to the fence of those chicken wings saying they are in fact that good. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but like Lou did defend himself saying that like, if I went to a wing stop, you know, would this have happened? I'm like, you know, if he was only there for the wings, even if he just said that, I would be fine with it. But that video of him partying there shows that he was not there, like, for, just for the wings. He wasn't wearing a mask. And I'm like, I get that you might need to pick me up after your grandfather's funeral, but, like, have you learned nothing? Like, we've, we've been shut down in this thing for how long? You're literally going to Disney World so you can play basketball and finish the season, and you're on one of the three teams that will not have, their, will not have people forever question their legacy if they win this championship. And you say, you know what? I'm still going to party at the strip club because no one's going to notice. And you just happen to be with the guy with a huge following who has his phone out and you don't say, hey, maybe don't live stream me. <laughs> like, Right. <laughs> uh, but when yeah, you get back, it'll be better. <laughs> we don't like get to democratically pick who becomes pro athletes. In fact, we have a culture that makes it so that people who become pro athletes spend all of their time becoming pro athletes and not like, you know, learning how to formulate decisions like an adult. Mm-hmm. And like that, that's always going to be frustrating. Yep. All right. Well, it was good talking to you. Man, yeah, good talking I mean, to you. <laughs> all right. See you later. See you.